truth is worth repeating, especially his truth. The truth of the word of God is worth repeating. He is a healer. You believe that? I believe it. I know it to be true. I've had him heal my life. I've had him heal my body along the way. I've had him heal my mind. I've had him heal my spirit. I've had wounded spirit. I've had a bruised mind. I've had ailments in my body. And the Lord has healed in every one of those facets of my life. I know him to be a healer. I'm thankful for that. And maybe... You're here tonight, and you know him to be a healer, and because he's healed you, and maybe you're here tonight, and you know him to be a healer because he's healed you, but yet you still have places that you're like, Lord, I, I still would like you to heal. Healing is not what he does. Healing is who he is. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee, Exodus 26, I believe. And so it speaks of who he is. It's his nature. Just as sure as God is love, that's his nature. Love is not just what he does, it's who he is. When you feel or experience or hear the love of God... You're not, it's, it's different than you and I humanly communicating love. To us, in its human level, it's an affection. God, it is himself. It is the expression of God to you. When you feel and experience and hear the love of God, it's not him trying to cause you to feel an emotion he has towards you it is God expressing himself it is God to you to know the love of God is to know the character and the nature of God so it's the difference between the love of men and women and the love of God as the body of Christ the church I know we're just sort of talking right now, but I'm not really just talking. As the body of Christ, we will become frustrated and weary if we try to love people the way we're supposed to according to the word, but we try to do that with human emotion of love. We won't be able to. When Jesus said, love your enemies, he knew good and well we couldn't do that with human love. The only way to love your enemies is for the love of God to consume my life and yours. And then the love of God begins to minister through us and operate through us. And so, in order for that to happen, we have to come to know Him. We often seek what we believe He does rather than seeking Him. 
Many people come to the Lord not because they desire the Lord. They come to the Lord because they desire what the Lord can do for them or what they believe God can do for them. They've heard a testimony of someone, well, God did this, God did, and he does things. He heals, he delivers, he sets free, he makes new, he fills us with his spirit, he cleanses us from sin. This is what he does. But somewhere in the relationship, it comes to a place to where I come to him not for what he does, but for who he is. I simply want to know him. I simply want to be with him. You know, I've been married 31 and a half years. Same lady. And felt like I needed to clarify that just in case somebody. Only lady. Been married 31 and a half years. And when we first got married, even before, and we were talking about getting married, and then we got married, it, it was really, that. I mean, there was a whole lot of like, what am I going to get out of this relationship? You know, what's in it for me? And. You know, we're looking at, you look at, you go into relationships looking at what's gained. I don't know that I was looking at, but I'm now after 31 and a half years, I don't know if I would say I don't ever go like, man, you know, I, I sure like the idea that I'll have a hot meal most evenings. That's not what keeps me married, though. You understand? I'm interested in her, not what she can do, her. Now, that's on the human level. How much more in relationship with God? There has to be something that comes to each and every one of us, every single person in this room. There has to be something in our walk and pursuit of God that says, God, I'm not just in it for what you will do for me and what I believe I gain because of following you and your word. And you will gain things following him and his word. But somewhere along the way, there has to come this shifting in my spirit and this realization in my heart, Jesus, I just want you. I want you. I, I want to know you. I don't want to just receive the benefits of the relationship. I want to know you the way you want me to know you. I want to know you. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3. He said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection. And that's a strong statement. I mean, it's one thing to know him in the power of his resurrection. We like the power of God. But Paul was identifying, I don't just want to know the power of God in the resurrection. I want to know him in the fellowship. That's fellowship. You understand what fellowship is. It's togetherness. I want to know him, Paul said, in the fellowship of his suffering. Whatever allows me, whatever I have to go through, whatever I have to walk through, whatever I have to, whatever he allows in my life, whatever circumstance, I just want to know him. I don't want to know about him. I want to know him. There has to be something that happens by the word of God and the beckoning of the spirit of God in every one of our lives that brings us to the place of desiring him and him alone. 
It's the searching out of my motive in living for God. It's the searching out of my motive. Why am I living for God? Is it for Him? Or is it for what I think He'll do for me? Can you imagine if I told my wife 32 years ago, hey, baby, I'd like to get married in a few months. And the reason I want to get married is because I'm sort of thinking about all the stuff you'll do for me. And I got really excited thinking about all the stuff you'll do for me. And I think that would be great. Now, does my wife do things for me and do I do things for her? Absolutely. Will the Lord and does the Lord do things for us and has he done things for us? Absolutely. But it has to move beyond that. To a place of knowing him. Of knowing him. So pray with me right now before we go any further tonight. Come on, why don't you talk to him? Talk to the Lord from your heart. Whatever that sounds like between you and the Lord. Come on, he knows our heart, he knows our frame. But we have to talk to him. Come on, open our mouth and express to him, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you the way you want to be known. God, where my knowing of you has been hindered or tainted by the perceptions of men, I pray that you would cleanse and heal so that I would know you the way you want to be known. I want to know you in fullness of relationship, Jesus. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your voice. I want to know what you desire. I want to know your will and walk in it. I want to know your thoughts and abide in them. I want to know your voice and give full attention and obedience to it. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I have a question for you. If you're, um, I want to be careful, I don't want to embarrass anybody. Um, Brother Juan, don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. Let's say you're um, 17 years old again, okay? And uh, how old were you when you met your wife? Eight? Oh, 18. I was just going to say, man, we got to go younger. I can't start at eight. That's not healthy. I get in trouble in this room. 18. So let's say you're 17. That was a good age to pick. Let's say you're 17 and uh, just turned 18 years old and, and Mary caught your eye. And you're like, look, that made Mariah blush. 
And Brother Juan's like, I think I'd like to get to know her. Yeah? I think all of us can, most of us can relate to this, right? I think I'd like to get to know her. What would you do? What are some things that you would do to get to know her? Don't overthink this. Somebody help him out. He was having trouble. He's forgetting. What's that? Oh, here. I should have just talked to the teenager. What's that? I was going to ask him anyway, but I didn't want to put him on the spot. He said, what did you say? I said, as for her name. Okay, so the name matters. The name matters, doesn't it? Aren't you thankful for the name? We know the name. So the name matters. So you got her name. So what's some other things you might do? We got the pro on the front row. A respectful compliment. Maybe a compliment. That sounds like praise. Yeah? I, I didn't set him up. They usually don't sit up here, but here, look, the Lord knew I needed his help. A compliment. Praise. Praise. Get her number. Okay. Look, see, now people are starting to get this flowing now, right? I just. So praise is a way. Get a number. Find a way to communicate. That's what that is. Find a way to communicate. Yes? Okay. So you got the number. Now what? Just keep, call it. Hello. Yes? Nowadays, text is sort of the thing, but I, it's hard to get tone in text. So I sort of like, I like talking. To when I was a kid, my wife and I talked on the phone for hours. See, we didn't have cell phones, so we couldn't, you know, it was, but we had, some of you won't relate to this, but we had these phones that had 20-foot cords, and so in my house, I could call her, and then I, you know, so you walk all the way around, so you get and shut the door and have the cord under the door so you could talk and have a private conversation. Some of you are sitting here like, what in the world? Was that really a thing? It was a thing. So you call, and so so that, what are we doing? We're, we're trying to build a relationship. We want a relationship. And so we're talking. Uh, honestly, how many of you in here, in pursuing a relationship, have spent, would say, you know what, I can honestly say in pursuing a relationship, I spent multiple hours on a phone or communicating. Raise your hand. Some of you too embarrassed or some of you too young. Thank you, Jesus. Multiple hours, right? Or maybe whether standing in the park, sitting at a restaurant, sitting in a car, sitting, right? All these hours. Now, now watch. Watch this. Stay with me. We got to bring it back here. You think nothing of spending multiple hours in communication to build a relationship. Yes? But if I ask you and you and I say, I want a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to know him, and we say, how much time do you spend in prayer every day? How much time is spent talking with him? You say, well, but I talk to him, but he doesn't talk back. Well, let me help you. Let him help us. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. 
This is the Word of God. He'll talk with you. And so if you want to get to know Him, you pray and you talk to Him from your heart. You know, the dating example I used or trying to build a relationship, the challenge with those relationships is, right, everybody tries to put forth their best foot. They don't let everything out, right? They're, right? They're, they're, heaven forbid, I know this probably isn't true for anybody in this room, but those relationships are often what's communicated as less than honest or veiled at best. Well, the beauty of talking with God is you can try to make it veiled, but he knows your heart. And so you might as well, and I might as well, just be real and honest with him. Talk to him from my heart. Talk to him from your heart. Have an honest conversation with him. And you know what I do? I, why? Because I want to know him. And so then when I go to his word and I'm reading his word, I'm not just trying to say, okay, I read the Bible. I'm happy. I read. No, no. I want him to talk to me. I want to hear from him. And so when I open the book, I'm praying, God, let your word talk to me. I need a relationship with you. I want to know you. And this word is you. You said in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word or God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so I can read this, your holy word. And you who is the author of the word can talk to me from this word. I know you get it and you say, man, I read it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Anybody ever said that? I'm going to tell you something. I don't mean this unkindly. I mean this with love. There's times. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble too. <laughs> There's times. Let, let's do it this way. That way I don't get in trouble. There are times that I say things. And my wife says, I don't understand what you're saying. And there's times she says things, and I'm like, baby, I don't understand what you're saying. Anybody ever had that happen in a relationship? A few honest people. Now, when I'm, because I'm vested in this relationship, I don't just go, you know what, I don't understand and I don't care. I'm vested in the relationship. And so I don't understand. And so I say, you got to help me understand. Because I want to know. Our excuse for not taking time to let the word of God talk to us of being I don't understand. Really becomes an indictment on you and I. At times. There are enough, there are enough, now I want to be careful because some of them get crazy, but there are enough translations out there that you can find. I think the Amplified Bible is a great translation because it really reads and breaks things down. So if you're going, man, I just don't understand when I read the King James, then read an Amplified Bible or read the Good News Bible and read, but hear me. I'm talking about wanting to know him. 
and building and establishing a relationship with him. Yeah. Now, there are different types of relationships, yes? I had relationships when I was a kid that aren't relationships in my life anymore. I had lots of those because I was a military brat and we moved everywhere. So I would have relationships and they would come and go. I thank God for them, but they came and they went. And, but the relationship with my wife is not a seasonal relationship. It's a lifelong relationship. Yes? See, some of us, if we're not careful, we'll treat our relationship with God as a seasonal relationship. On again, off again, on again, off again. Well, when I need him, he's there. Well, I'm really having a tough time. I need God right now. No, no, no. You need him all the time. And then when you're going through the tough time, he's already, you don't doubt that he's there. You got to settle the issue of the relationship and knowing him. Come back to where we started. Do you want to know him? Or you just want the benefits that come, things he could do for you. Now, I'm 53 years old. And if the Lord never did anything for me again, which isn't possible. It's not possible for him not to do anything for me again. You understand? Just because his word says he daily loads me with benefits. But if he didn't do anything else for me, I have no, I have no intention and no plan and no desire to abandon the relationship. The relationship means more to me than what he does or doesn't do for me. This is why Job said, and I'm no Job, don't misunderstand me. This is why Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Job had a relationship with God. Job was, see, the adversary, Satan came before the Lord, and the Lord said to Job, or said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? It was the Lord that brought him up. Yes? Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him, perfect and upright. He fears God. He eschews evil. Well, Satan thought, why is he bringing this guy up to me? And so Satan says, well, Lord, you have blessed him and you have a hedge about him. You take that away and he'll curse you. See, Satan thought it was a surface relationship. But the Lord knew the relationship him and Job had. How much confidence does God have in mind in your relationship with him? God had so much confidence in Job's relationship with him that he said, I'll remove the hedge. He didn't deny that there was a hedge around him. He said, I'll remove it. 
And so what did Satan do? Satan said, I'm going to go. I'm going to do everything that God allows me to do. By the way, it's no different in your life. He can't do anything in your life that God doesn't allow him to do or that you allow him to do when God would seek to protect you. And so, so Satan in his thinking says, I'll take his children. I'll take all of his stuff, all the blessings of the Lord. I'll take them all. I'll take his camels. I'll take his houses. I'll take his children. I'll take his sheep. I'll take everything. It'll be just him and his wife left. I'll take it all. And he'll curse God. And he lost it all. And Job's response was, naked I came into this world, and naked I will go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How could he say that? He had a relationship with God, not with the stuff God had blessed him with. His relationship was rooted and grounded in knowing God, not in whether God blessed him or not or how God blessed him or not. Did he have the blessing of God on his life? Absolutely. But that was not the predicator of his relationship. Let's talk to the Lord right now, please. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We worship you. We want to know you the way you want to be known. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus said in Matthew, of course, Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, you read through there. It's often referenced as the Sermon on the Mount. All of it was about his kingdom. And he said in Matthew 6.33, off-quoted verse, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. You know, you're really, I've been guilty at times of seeking the kingdom wrongly. Try to explain that. We know, many of us, we've, you've heard me say it too many times, the kingdom is the king's dominion. That's where we get the word kingdom from. The kingdom is the king's dominion, where the king has authority. Okay? This is why Jesus said, the, the, 
don't say low here or low there. The kingdom of God is within you, is what the Bible says. The kingdom of God is within you. So you and I choose to let the king have dominion in our heart or our life, our soul, our thoughts, our living, our day. We choose to allow the king to govern our life or not. That's a result of relationship, the king's dominion. Well, where I've wrongfully sought the kingdom, I've sought the king's dominion at times. But in so doing, looked right past the king. I want the king more than I want his dominion. I want him. I want him. You can't have his dominion without him. It's a relationship issue. Why don't you stand with me tonight? If we're not careful, we want the stuff the king has. We see the king as having all power. He does. We see the king as having all riches. He does. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver, all the gold. is his. But we start wanting the stuff the king has rather than the king. I know it's subtle. There has to be something that happens in my spirit and yours again and again and again and again that says, Jesus, I just want you. I just want you. Abraham went up to Mount Moriah with his son Isaac. He was the promised son. The reason he took him there is because the Lord said, I'd like you to Offer and sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac. And he takes him up to Mount Moriah. And he binds him to the altar there, getting ready. Takes the knife to kill him. And the angel of the Lord calls his name Abraham. Abraham, you can read it in Genesis 22. And look at the Lord's response to him there in I don't know where it's at, Genesis 22 and 16 or 24 or something like that. The Lord makes this statement to Abraham after he stops him. He says, now I know. 22 and 12, thank you. Don't lay your hand on the lad. Don't do anything to him. For now I know. What does he know? You fear God. He had a relationship with God. What his offering told the Lord is, Lord, my relationship with you is more valuable than the promise you gave me. And if in this relationship you're asking me to sacrifice the promise, I'll do it. Because my relationship means more than the things you've promised me. You know what? You know what the Lord called Abraham? Friend. 
Now, I know God calls us his friend. But the Lord called Abraham his friend forever. Read it in the scripture. He says, Abraham, my friend forever. You want to talk about a relationship. Matter of fact, the Lord, when he looked at the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah and said, I'm going to go destroy those wicked cities. And he sent angels to go do it. And the Lord is having this conversation. And the Lord makes this statement. He says, this is the Lord speaking in his word. The Lord says, will I do this thing and not talk to Abraham? I have a question for you. When's the last time God came to you or I and said, I'd like to talk to you before I get ready to do something. I need to know how you feel about it. You say, oh, God doesn't check with men before he does stuff. Well, the Bible tells me different. He had such a relationship with Abraham. And he trusted and valued the relationship with Abraham so much that he said, I'm not going to do something that affects him without talking to him about it before I do it. And he went and talked to Abraham, and Abraham had a dialogue with God. This is what prayer is. Prayer is not spewing words to make myself feel better. Prayer is a dialogue with God. I'm talking with him. He hears me. He hears you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your thoughts. He wants to hear from you, and he wants to express. This is what prayer is. It's not just an opportunity to unburden myself. It's an opportunity to talk with God. Abraham is talking with God. God came to him and said, this is what I'm going to do. And Abraham said, Lord, if there's 50 righteous people in those cities, would you not do it? And the Lord says to Abraham, yes, Abraham. If there's 50, then I won't. And Abraham thinks about it for a minute or two minutes. I don't know how long. Remember, he's talking with God, his friend. They're having a conversation. And Abraham says, Lord, Lord, if there's 45, is he bargaining with God? No, no, no. He's having a conversation with a friend, a friend who's getting ready, happens to be God, who's getting ready to carry out judgment on a land And God is allowing Abraham, because of their relationship, to influence his judgment. I don't know if we understand that or not. God has so much confidence in their relationship. I want to know him that way. I want to know him that way. Do you want to know him? He's accessible to all of us. I know he sits on a throne in glory. Paul said it in the book of Acts, chapter 18, I believe. He said he's not far from every one of us, sir. Come on, the presence of the Lord is here right now. Why don't you talk to him? Come on, more than you want to know him, he wants you to know him.
He wants to reveal himself to you in ways that you have not yet had him reveal himself to you. Jesus, we want to know you. It's you that we seek. It's you that we desire. It's you that we long for. We cry out like the songwriter of old, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I want to know you the way you want to be known. I want to know you, Lord. I want to abide in you. I want to live and breathe in you. Truly, it is in you that we live and we move and we have our being. Oh, Lord, give us a hunger afresh to know you. You call us friend. May we be the friend that you envision us being to you. A friend that you can count on. A friend that you can trust in. A friend that you can call on, Lord. May we be this to you. May the relationship with you supersede every other relationship in my life. May knowing you take priority over everything else in my life. Oh, God, forgive me where I've sought your gifts more than you. Forgive me where I've sought your blessing more than you. I want to know you. I want to know that which brings you joy. I want to know that which brings you sorrow. I want to know that which pleases you. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your will. I want to know your voice. I want to know you, Jesus, the way you want me to know you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, the living God, the living God desires to be close to you. The living God desires to be close with you. He desires you to know him. He desires you to know him. Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, I seek your face. I seek your face, Lord. I seek your voice. Oh, forgive me, Lord, where I fill my mind and my heart and my thoughts with so much other stuff, where I fill my thoughts with so many other things, where I've pursued the knowledge of men, where I've pursued information and knowledge that has little to no value. I want to know you. 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 Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you. I hear the cry of your spirit. You desire to spend time with us. I would that I would make the time. I would that I would make the time. Have you ever wanted to spend time with somebody, but they just didn't have time for you? Really? You ever wanted to spend time with somebody, but they didn't have time for you? He really wants to spend time with you and I. 
the book of Revelation, he said it this way. He said, behold, I stand at the door. And what? What door is he talking about? Your door. My door. He said, I stand there and knock. Yes? You think he doesn't want to spend time with you? He says, I stand there and I knock. And if any man opens the door, what will he do? What will he do? He said, I will come in and sup with him. He wants to spend time with you. It's not one-sided. More than you and I want to be with him, he wants to be with us. But the problem is for him. And really for us. Is I have so many other things that get my time. And so many other things I want to know. That I give myself to filling my time with. He wants to know you. He's not a respecter of persons. I feel the gentle but yet strong Spirit of the Lord tonight, standing and knocking. I really do. Maybe for some more than others, but I really do. Not because he's a respecter of persons and he's picking and choosing one over the other, but because for some of you, maybe we've gotten a little callous at times, and so he's again coming saying, I'd like to spend time with you. Do you have time for him tonight? Go and talk to him right there where you are. I'm not trying to prolong anything. I'm just trying. The Lord's asking you, really, do you have time for me now? Or is this Thursday evening inconvenient for you? Or do you have time for me now? When he's here, he'd talk with you.